0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 570. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel in Judah with 2 Kings 6. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with another chapter that talks quite a lot about Elisha and not quite as much about kings, although there are other kings in this chapter. Starts with an axe head floats. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, look, the place where we will meet you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied, and he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my lord, he cried out, it was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. It's interesting to see what, Prophets get their own books in the Bible, and which ones don't? And Elisha and Elijah are the two probably most interesting prophets in terms of major prophets who are not major prophets in the sense that they have their own book. All of their stories are here in the midst of this account of the kings. And Elisha, as we saw in the last two chapters, is doing stuff. And sometimes it's great big things like feeding multiple people And sometimes it's little things like finding a borrowed axe head. And the thing that I think is interesting about that, I'm reminded of a story of someone I heard who went on a trip to the Holy Land. And they went on a trip that was a group trip. And one of the people on the trip was... I want to say more religious than they were. And this is a religious trip, so that's a little odd to say. But they would get up every morning and they would pray about which shoes to wear. They'd brought two different pairs of shoes and they would pray which would be appropriate shoes. Now, you and I may not do that. That seems like that is. I want to even go as far as silly. And the person who told me the story also felt that that was a little silly. And then they noticed towards the end of the trip, that the only person whose feet didn't hurt was this person who was praying every morning for what shoes to wear. And I wonder if God is more interested in the little details in our life than we give him credit for. The little details like, can we bring back that borrowed axe head to the neighbor we borrowed it from? Continues on, Elisha traps blinded Arameans. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. "'Oh no, my lord, what shall we do?' the servant asked. "'Don't be afraid,' the prophet answered. "'Those who are with us are more than those who are with them.'" And Elisha prayed, "'Open his eyes, lord, so that he may see.'" Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Elisha told them, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and there they were inside Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Do not kill them, he answered. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory couple interesting things about this story. One is that we can't read it in isolation. It's really easy to read about the king of Aram and think, you know, that's interesting, I wonder who the king of Aram is, and about the king of the Aram's officers, and who were telling him basically that Elisha, the prophet, can hear what you were saying to yourself even in your own bedroom. But we have to remember that last chapter, chapter 5, we met one of the officers of the king of Aram, and that is Naaman the leper, now Naaman the ex-leper. And so you have to wonder, was that the officer who was relaying this to the king? This is the same king, as far as we know, who sent Naaman to go find this cure for leprosy. So we don't know that it's the same, but it's certainly someone who would probably know him within a short period of time here. And so the king of Aram has been attacking Israel, and he's been having problems because everything he does is known ahead of time by God, and therefore known ahead of time by Elisha, and Elisha's telling the king. And interestingly enough, in this episode here, we're not told who the king of Israel is, but the king of Israel is listening to Elisha. He listens to him both All of these times he's given this intelligence about where to go and where not to go, but he also listens to him here at the end of the story when he says, you know, shall I kill them? No. Would you kill somebody you capture with your own bow and sword? Instead, feed them and send them home. But it's this great story here where they send out to capture Elijah, and the servant, we don't know who the servant is, probably not Gehazi, the servant who got in trouble last chapter, but the servant goes out and sees all these warriors and says, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We're surrounded. And Elisha prays that his eyes are open and he sees that, no, the Arameans are surrounded by the angels of God, that Elisha is protected. Now, quite often... I think we go through our entire lives without seeing the protection of the angels of God, that God is still at work, that God has angels who come at his command and do his bidding, and that we are not alone, that God has not forgotten us. But Elisha knew that, and this servant is given a little glimpse into that when he sees the hills just covered with these horses and chariots of fire. And I love the fact that they go to capture Elisha, and they end up themselves captured. They're blinded until they go follow him. This is even worse than in Star Wars with these are not the droids you're looking for. It's come follow me, and they come follow him, and they end up in the fortress city of the king that they've been raiding, and they're captured. This is just one of those great stories about what's going on with the power of God as shown through Elisha. And he manages to do all this. No one gets killed. They stop raiding. Peace ensues. Great, great story. And then finally, famine in besieged Samaria. Some time later, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, mobilized his entire army and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of a cab of seed pods for five shekels. As the King of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried to him, Help me, my lord the king. The king replied, If the Lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? From the threshing floor? From the wine press? Then he asked her, What's the matter? She answered, This woman said to me, give up your son so that we may eat him today, and tomorrow we'll eat my son. So she cooked my son and ate him. The next day I said to her, give up your son that we may eat him. But she had hidden him. When the king heard the woman's words, he tore his robes, and he went along the wall. The people looked, and they saw that under his robes he had sackcloth on his body. He said, may God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if the head of Elisha— Of Shephath remains on his shoulders today. Now Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. The king sent a messenger ahead before he arrived. Elisha said to the elders, Don't you see this murderer is sending someone to cut off my head? Look when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold it shut against him. Is not the sound of his master's footsteps behind him? While he was talking to them, the messenger came down to him. The king said, This disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? And we're going to leave this story with that unanswered question in the middle here, but Samaria is in a bad way in this chapter. Samaria is in this horrific way. Not only are things getting so expensive, but they're even starting to resort to cannibalism. And this woman's complaint is not so much that we ate my son, but that my neighbor won't let us eat hers too. That's how horrific things have gotten. And so the king goes off with plans to kill Elisha. And we're going to leave this chapter with that intention. What is going to happen to Elisha? And what is going to happen to the people of Israel in Samaria? Stay tuned next week on the Bible Study Podcast to find out. If you have any questions, send an email to host at the Bible or, better yet, leave a comment on this episode at the Bible Study Podcast. And thanks so much for listening.